want to thank everyone for tuning in to an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. And thank you for continuing to share the show with your friends and, you know, co-workers, wherever you happen to know and enjoy podcasts. Um, while you're sharing it, if you could give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Podbean, where our show originates from, anywhere that you can give us a five-star rating would be appreciated. It helps us climb up the metrics and be able to bring more content to you. And if you've always wondered, hey, what do they look like while recording the show? Well, for almost a year now, we have been streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash geek in the city you can interact with uh, fellow listeners you can interact with us you know what we just have a great time every week hanging out and being you know just the nerds that we are we all have a lot of fun we would love you to join us twitch.com forward slash geek in the city as always the podcast will always be free and let's get it started right now why, hello, and welcome to issue 689 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran. I'm one of your other hosts, Julia. And I am your other, other host, Cable Hashtag. How the fuck are you all doing? Yeah. Better than you, I think. Mm, I'm no. salty today. I, no, I'm Cable and I are better than that. Mm-mm. I am. I had a really good day yesterday, so. Good for you. You know what? It's it's made up for like the last three weeks of like stress and anxiety. So I'm taking it as a win. I oh. don't I don't particularly feel bad if not if I'm the only one who's having a good day. You should not. You should not. We're going to good. rely on you. Yeah, that means you get to carry the show. You can have some of my sunshine. Because right now I just want to like I want to just burn it all down. I just want to give a giant like fuck off. Who cares? And then, and then just I'm so down right now. That I played Skyrim for five hours because it's my ultimate happy place. Where I just walk around as this weird blonde Nord chick who can breathe fire. I don't even do any missions. I'm just walking on the road listening to the music. I'm surprised you don't play like Animal Crossing or one of those, uh, what do they call them, cozy uh, grinder. I hate grinding. I can't stand it. Um, I mean, they've got missions like I don't like that. Okay. Uh, you know what game I loved? Because okay. this, I just do whatever I want, and if someone gives me a bad look in the game, I cut their head off. I'm like, ah, okay. and then I move on. Can't do that now. Yeah. You know what game was great for me it was mm-hmm. Echo the Dolphin. You just played as a dolphin, mm-hmm. and there were like things you could do if you wanted, like do two backflips when you punch out of the water, but you were just a dolphin. Just wandered around and did dolphin things. I don't know why, but you said wandered around and I pictured like on foot. And dolphins don't have feet. I don't know why. I, I, I feel that feet is a prerequisite for wandering, but there you have it. I don't know. Hmm. Someone in the chat is saying you're hard to hear, but I, I don't see how. I think I sound great right now. Yeah, you're. Volume. Your levels are all great. It's all great. I don't know. It is Ryan. Ryan, check your ears. Not too far, because that's how you pop your eardrum. Yeah. I go to town with secrets, and I've never hurt myself. I mean... I don't know. 
I don't know what I do differently from people who hurt themselves with Q-tips, but you will take the Q-tips out of my cold dead hands. That is a hell that I will die on. I don't know why. What do you think we'd ban first, Q-tips or uh, assault weapons? Uh, Q-tips. Yeah, yeah Q-tips. Yeah. Yeah. So let's not. That's the mood I'm in right now. I can't. We're That's not, fine. I'm sorry. We can't do that today. All right. We want to talk about. I, I, I do want to. I want to go there a little bit. Okay. I want to go there a little bit in that please support your trans brothers and sisters. Support them because there, some motherfuckers out there are trying to throw them under the bus for this. Support. Oh, really? Be a trans ally. I quit. 100%. I just saw the headline and went, yeah, today that ends a wide America. Yeah. yeah I saw more reporting that used she, her uh, stuff and like maybe mentioned the possibility of, of some sort of trans situation. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. Oh, no. Um, it, it's Marjorie Taylor Greene that is. It's she has to say. I am aware of that, but there are still people who listen to that bullshit. No, you're right. Which means we have to be as vigilant and as supportive I did, as all of those crazy motherfuckers. I did see a person at the, I think it's like the Florida, like House of Representatives or whatever. Like they were getting, they were letting people like speak their mind about Florida passing fucking Florida laws and yes. shit. Florida in Florida. Like yeah, yeah. Hmm? Like the state, the state yeah, yeah. Uh, and this woman, she said something like. You're not. She's like, you're, you're going to pass this bill, no matter what we say. You've mm -hmm. already decided. Right. She's like, so I'm just going to let you know now, like when you come for like my trans brothers and sisters, you're going to you're going to remember that a Florida is a stand your ground state. And I will remind you of it. Mm -hmm. Like she was like, I will fucking kill you if you come for any of my family. Is that, what was the law that they were talking about? Well, pick one. Pick one. I think they're making the reassignment. trying to outlaw anything and everything that is not. Okay. I yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. But Florida has stand your ground laws. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody will make good use of that. Yeah. I, what state was it? Was it? I think it's Wyoming. Um, the they had to. The, the, their Supreme Court had to strike down attempts to outlaw abortion oh. because it violates the state constitution. The state constitution was amended during the Trump administration to basically say we get to choose whatever we want to do with our bodies medically. It's our right. You, The government can't involve itself. It was a anti-vaxxer bullshit uh, but it's in their constitution so when they said yeah women can't get abortion the the supreme court went uh, hey you know that thing that you did that was really <laughs> fucking stupid mm -hmm. guess what it mm -hmm. is now literally biting you in the ass that this is completely yeah oh it was thank you ryan it was the it was because of obamacare <laughs> it oh. was further back that's awesome yep um okay that's as political as i want to go for. yeah i i will i wish the irony that my sad sap like sharing of this has now got more reactions than the show usually does <laughs> so apparently if i'm just a sad emo boy for every show to promote it we'll get more eyes on it you know i think there's 
like there's like a limit, right? There's a upper limit on any tactic. There is also, yeah, I mean, if you want Gen Z to listen in, like, they're nihilistic. They don't want to listen to my ass. Um, it, they might. I don't they, know. They might. Like, do not discount Gen Z. Do not I, discount I don't. them um, There's probably many things they do that I enjoy. Yes. I'd have to have them, you know, laid out for me because I couldn't think of them right now. Sure. Yeah, I'm like, all right, what, do, what, do, what does Gen Z do? Oh my God, I almost said the most old man thing ever. I almost Googled, what does Gen Z do? <laughs> Cut to office space. We're fucking looking up la- money laundering in the dictionary. No, it's the children who are out of touch. Uh, yeah, right. So what are we doing on this show today? Uh, not this. Oh, not that. I will. All right. I will. I will. I will get better. Um. I am especially bummed out. Like, I'm not going to give super details, but a week ago, I had potentially three titles that are a lock, and now I maybe have one. And I haven't heard anything yet. Yep. Yeah, so I, I, I had jobs. Now I don't have jobs. Moving at the speed of comics. Yeah. So that, that, that was, and there's family stuff, and... I didn't think it would drain me, but taking care of the house by myself with a very needy greyhound. He's really nice, but he is a he is a fucking handful. Um, he's a sweet pup, but he is a handful. This is not for the purpose of bringing down the room, but it is an observation I made for myself today, and that is, this is the longest I have gone in my adult life without a cat. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I moved to Portland with a cat. Uh, a year later, I gained another one. Um, I have always had cats. So this is the, like that dawned on me today. I'm like, oh, oh, well, that's well, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. I'm gonna hug you right now, but that's that's what I need. Yeah. It's not even my cat, but that's what I need. Hmm. Manju is a lot of people. And that's just it. Like she, like she's not just Americanized cat. Like she is. Like she's Merrick's cat. She's my cat. Like Merrick has spent more time with her in the past three years than I have. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for nearly fifteen years, she was first Thursday's cat. I do remember that. Yeah, there were people that came into the gallery just to see the cat. Um, if you've ever met Manju, just remember her as how you met her, and that's all I can say. Yeah. She's a, she was a good kid. Yeah. She was, that's for sure. Um, yeah, that's, all right, pull it together. Yeah, but from that, we can transition. Uh, Planescape's coming back. I'm pumped for that. Woo-hoo! Planescape? Planescape. It was oh, a, Planescape. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming in this year. Oh, for Magic? No, for D&D, the Planescape setting. Oh, the Planescape. With Sigil and the Lady of Pain and all that. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, that made me happy. I'm like, oh, cool. That's good. Yeah. Neat. Um, I I discovered (laughs) yesterday, and you'll like this too, there's another expansion going for Betrayal 3rd Edition. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Ooh, what is it? Um, It has a lengthy fucking title. Let me see if I can dig it up while... uh, 
I like lengthy titles, though. They Editors hate them, but I like them. I think they're fun. Scientists love them. Yeah. That's why I love, I know they like kind of changed it when it came out on Blu-ray, but I love like, the whole title of Birds of Prey and the, fantab- the, and the Emancipation of One Fantabulous Harley Quinn. The Fantabulous Emancipation. That's right, the Fantabulous, yeah. Um, it's, a fun, it's a fun title. I just watched that like the middle of last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I still love that movie. Mm-hmm. It is so much fucking fun. Uh, and I just rolled right into James Gunn's Suicide Squad from it. Yeah. So I just got like four and a half hours of just superhero chaos, and it was wonderful. It made me very happy. Okay, it was. Well, it was one of those things when I should have gone to bed. Mm. Oh. But it was still good. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes, like, we were talking before the show began about things that the pandemic has affected that don't feel like direct results of the pandemic, but mm. are very much still linked because it's behavior patterns, it's weird slowdowns here, weird interruptions there, um, just how we interact with one another. And the fact that so much of our days are now centered around very limited times where like, we have to pack as much in as we can, Yeah, that we don't have the downtime that we used to, to decompress or we require more downtime to decompress and so that that practice of i should have gone to bed an hour ago but i've been sitting here mindlessly scrolling through my phone or watching you know just binge watching something on netflix right in order to take any amount of control back i have chosen to do this yeah so it does make sense i know and it's also i know this is a, a a truth like one of the reasons why I would find myself staying up way later than I should is I think part of it is <sighs> revenge bedtime prostate case. Not that wrong. Mm-hmm. But like um, when everyone you in your household all works from home and you're someone that really enjoys just a little bit of like quiet time, you find yourself staying up until like at least midnight. Because you just want like that one or two hours of just yourself, and it's one thing of like, well, they work in the basement, they then they close it. It's it's not, it's not this. It's not the same. It's not the same. In the back of your head, you're always like, my peaceful solitude could be interrupted at any minute. So you don't relax. So sometimes I find myself staying up till three o'clock in the morning. I'm not even doing anything. I have Star Trek on the background and I'm reading a book. Um, right. that's getting harder and harder for me to break that pattern. I have a hard time adjusting to daylight savings time. And so uh, here and there, over the first two weeks, I think this is now the third week since we changed it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over the first two weeks, um, I'm like, well, if I can't get to sleep anyway, I'll just, you know, I'll just dog around. I'll do these little tasks around the house yeah. that, uh, that I can just fill my time with instead of just you know, like mindlessly digital window shopping on my phone in bed for an hour. Only problem is, I stay up that extra hour or so, and then I get in the bed, and then I still do that mindless yeah. scrolling for, yeah. you know, 20 to 90 minutes. I can waste hours on Etsy looking at, quote, homemade role-playing products. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't 
I think I bought maybe three, and I legit use them, like an initiative tracker that has all the characters' names on it. Right. You know, but I'm like, oh hey, look, someone out of wood, you can you can buy a D20 catapult. That'd be cool. <laughs> Or a 3D printed dice crossbow. I, I'm not going to, I'm just looking at them all. I'm like, that's yeah, neat. No. It's not even like, it's not even retail therapy anymore. It's just retail shop. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. actually a good retail disassociation. That's yeah. a good word for it. You um, know, I'll go on Amazon. I'm like, look, this is. A, this is a shower head that changes colors depending on how hot it is, and it's a Bluetooth speaker. That sounds actually like my nightmare. <laughs> but I'm like, well, I wonder what else they make. And I'll, you know, oh, here's one where you can shove eucalyptus leaves into the filter. <laughs> that sounds lovely, but I don't have to clean it, and I'm, I'm not buying anything. Oh yeah, no. yeah. I'm just because with what money? Yeah, I, right. It used to be I would look at like travel things, but that just makes me sad because yeah. there are places I can't go that I want. So like one of my favorite, God, we're just going, whatever. One of my favorite things on TikTok, like A is good cooking videos. Mm -hmm. um, not that everybody's so creative. <laughs> Those are, I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah. Uh, but I get so excited when it's like from the New Zealand tourism company and it's like, Here's what it's like to spend a day in the Shire. And I'm like, I want to do that. Yeah. Um, I, oh, that, I, I could just have cheese boards all day and walk barefoot in the grass and smoke old Toby and to the Howard Shore playing in the background of my life. That sounds, oh my God. That's actually going to make me cry. It's I'm like, I don't yeah. want, it used to be like, I want this and that. And now I'm like, I just want to, I just want to turn into like a, Bog Brujo and just live in the woods and I don't know smoke meats make beer. I want to live Help. in a fucking lighthouse. So I, uh, I'll visit you in your lighthouse. Yep. Who's over there? That's creepy old cables keep. Creepy old cable. Yeah, it's I, I don't want anything. I, that sounds that that all sounds wonderful, but I can only do it occasionally. Well, you can take a um, break. I mean. I, I'm at that point where I'm like, I the amount of time that I can do that, that span of time has gotten longer and longer and longer. <coughs> like that trip that I took to the beach last mm -hmm. week. Oh, that was last week. No, it wasn't the week before. I don't know anymore. Right. Time, time is not real. Um, but like just those few days there, it's like, nope, that wasn't long enough. <laughs> Each each time I want to take time off from work, I want it to be a month. Right, that part I agree with. Um, but just like the, the the part about living in a remote place uh, where there's no access to certain things makes me itchy. I'd still want access. Like at all. At all. What? I'd still want access to things, but I, you know. Yeah, but I mean, like, so like you know, you talk all the time about like buying a place out on the coast, like in Astoria or. Mm -hmm. uh, Rock away or wherever. Okay, great. Now you live by the beach and you've got this quiet little place to live. And sure, you've got amenities like the grocery store and like probably a weed shop or whatever. And like two restaurants, you know, like a mediocre pizza place. I only go to two restaurants as it is now. Oh, well, well, then never mind. Yeah, I, I, like, that sounds great for a very finite amount of time. But before long, I'm not going to stick with this. 
I'm sick of this view. I'm like, I have to, I have to get out. I need to have like immediate access to people and things. Or I need all that. Get uncomfortable. I, I'm going to pull the when I was your age card. That is exactly <laughs> well, how I. We're not that far apart in age. Um, we are, but we're still decades. The, there is a, a, more than a decade between us. And I, I just mean like I'm not like I'm not a youth anymore, you know. True. I'm, not, I'm not even hip. I never was. But it is easier for me to now look at my 30s and go, oh yes, I I identify with all of that because that was my 30s were was at the prime of me. I'm out there. I'm doing things. I want variety. I want activity. I'm there. Yeah. I felt like I was actually engaged in my life. Mm-hmm. Um. And weirdly enough, 50 is the number that went, you know what's great? That comfy chair over there. <laughs> and I sat down and the went, good chair. fuck, you're right. That's Why what I, have I not been doing this the entire So I guess what I mean, like, to a, to like make an addendum to mine, it's that whole, like, I want to be able, like, a bunch of us to get, like, 20 acres. I just want to live near the people that I enjoy being with. Yeah. We can go into the city to do it, city adventures or whatever. Sure. I, I, I think there is still variety that can be had. There is. I just, I feel like I have, am moving further and further away from, I need this, I need this, I need this. Now it's like, I want this and this. I only need these things. And that's wild to me because you live downtown. Like you can't get any closer to everything. Here's the secret about living in downtown. It's one of the quietest fucking places to live. I must, have, I must have done it wrong because it was <laughs> never quiet. The the area in which I lived, like I had relatives. Um, like when I first moved into the lofts, they they were staying at a hotel over in the Lloyd district, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you, it's like you're staying another night. Come stay with me. I've got extra room. Um, and they stayed with me. It's like, oh, but you're in downtown. It's like, yeah. It's like you're in downtown, right on Broadway. You're, it's really busy. They're like, it is quieter here than it was in Lloyd District. I'm like, Lloyd yeah, District was loud. I used to. Go there. People are going through there all the time. Mm-hmm. In downtown, everyone's left. That's true. That's true. On a weeknight, at by 8 p.m., everyone has gone the fuck home. Um, but what I when I lived downtown, all night long there would be sirens and shit. Um. And that, yeah. Where I live now, uh, I don't get that same sort of like on the busy street, street sure. traffic that I used to get when I lived on the busy street. Um, yeah. It, and I lived in a tourist area. Uh, the amount of sirens that are in this city that I hear on a regular basis has definitely increased. Yeah. Um, I don't know that 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 one doesn't like I've always considered that that's just background city noise. Um, but yeah, I've gone completely sideways from what I was looking up, which is it's called Evil Reigns in the Winter's Tale, which oh. is the new expansion for oh. Betrayal House on the Hill 3rd Edition. <laughs> oh, nice. That okay. comes out. October first. Okay, cool. I gotta um, still I gotta play this version still of the new one. Yeah. I, I don't know anything about it. Um I just saw it solicited at one of our distributors 
yesterday and immediately signed up. I'm like, hi, I want one of these. <laughs> like, we don't know anything about it. Don't care. Uh, I it, it says the trail house on the hill. I'm buying. That's cool. Yeah, and I don't think there's there's no um, there is no news anywhere about it. So it's been solicited to distributors. It has not been announced. Okay. So there's no formal infer. So you, this is exclusive. You get yeah. here first. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Betrayal House on the Hill series, get the new expansion. Go to your local <laughs> game store. Go to your friendly local game store mm -hmm. and pre-order it. I will. I, I can do it. Do you want it? I can yeah, do that of right course now. I want it. Okay, I'm going to do that right All right, now. well, he's doing that. <laughs> I will attempt to make the show more fun. <laughs> yeah, here, talk about this. No, you talk about it. I was going to say, we went to a show. You, you said did. you were going to make it more fun. By, by passing off to you. All right, I am the definition of fun, this bitch here. You just started yeah. saying you were having the best <laughs> day ever. I, I said no good things. I said yesterday I had a really good day, and that put me in a better mood because of how... Opposite as it has been the last couple of weeks. You know what? Never mind. Same thing. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. Uh, so Aaron okay. and I um, went la over the last weekend to go see the premiere night of Stageworks' revival of Varsity Cheerleader Werewolves Live uh, from Outer Space. And um, it was everything I remembered and more. <laughs> Oh, so you had seen it before? Yeah, yeah. I went to see the uh, the five year edition. Oh, right. <laughs> I remember you talking about that. Yep. It was really fun to see. Like, I, I, I my memory is so awful, right? Like, like life is at this point is happening to me, like at me. <laughs> you know, I'm not really participating in the same way. Um, but when I can remember things, it, it can be really fun and interesting to see how how something has changed from the last time you interacted with. Um, and like any Steve Coker production, it, <laughs> there's just, it's, they just get so ridiculous, right? They lean into all of the jokes and there yeah. are mm -hmm. so many jokes and you, you just know, like, oh, to be a fly on the wall of their <laughs> rehearsals and like seeing the evolution of like what was on the script versus what came out on stage the first night. Right. And I'm looking forward to going and seeing it again later on in the series run so that I can see what else has sort of evolved over the course of multiple performances. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was... Uh, um, I also love how on any of their productions, you can count on a bare minimum of two to three fourth wall break by just, like, looking at the audience. Yeah. And, and like, being like, get it? Um, perfectly hilariously funny pauses. Yeah, it's... It, Oh, she freeze on me, computer. It's the mm -hmm. Mel Brooks thing of like him looking at the camera. It's good to be the king, yeah, yeah, kind of stuff. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I had a blast with it because I haven't seen. I think maybe the five years when I saw it too. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, some of this we already covered with Steve. Like Ilya Torres, who uh, we saw the last time Flash came around, mm -hmm. was Flash. Uh, he played uh, Dean Jameson this time. Right. He's ridiculous. He's absolutely ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous and with his motorcycle. His first time he comes on stage with the motorcycle. It's just a razor scooter with a motorcycle effect. But he plays it so straight-laced that it's hilarious. Yeah, he, he like, 100% is doing the, the brooding, 
you know, bad boy heartthrob character. Mm -hmm. uh, but he's being really ridiculous about it. But he's playing it really straight. Like I, I, it's hard to describe, but it just it kills. It, he cannot be saying anything, and he's just cracking everybody up. I know. Uh, and you can see Toba as uh, Stacy, the the lead, mm -hmm. ostensibly. Uh, she was a perfect fit for that role. She was great. She she pulls off like really really well. This sort of like mm, seemingly innocent teen, but she's got that you know dark past. Yeah. Um, but and I don't know about you, but the one who did it for me, like who really I feel like stole the show, is uh, Landy Lamb. She has multiple parts. Yes. Yeah. Um, and she fucking chews it up and steals the scene in pretty much every, with every character in every scene. Yeah, I don't want to give it away, but yeah, she four. plays four. She plays four different characters. I would say that the first character that you see her as, not my favorite. It's a little hard on the ears. Yes. But all of the other characters that she plays, she's such a hand. I was not. Over the top, but in this wonderfully hilarious way. I was not ready for the Tom Petty song uh, with all the stoners. Oh, um, I don't care for that song. But it's it's the but it's the scene. Yeah, it's her playing it, mm -hmm. and I was not ready for the Crimson Lieutenant Hood. Lieutenant Hood. I I I was not ready for that. I believe she played a villain on the last Flash iteration. Okay. And she might have been Lieutenant Hood in the five-year run as well. Yeah. I'd have to like do some digging, and I obviously didn't do the research before tonight. That's fine. I mean, like usual. How Classic game. Um, but the point is, she absolutely chews. Uh, yeah. She's so. She's so big in her performance, and her voice is really distinct, mm -hmm. and yet she still manages to give you a different voice for each of the characters that she does with her like really distinct natural sound. Yeah. I mean I guess I don't know what she really sounds like in, in like <laughs> in a day to day context, but um but I'm really drawn to her as a performer. Yeah. And uh and she put like all the energy then. Yeah, like I don't want to give away too much more now because people should be going to see it because it's playing for a few more weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. Last week was the first, uh, the first week of three. So this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the second set of nights uh, happening at the Chapel Theater. Absolutely, go check that out. Yes, guys. definitely. You're gonna have so much fun. You might be seeing more of their work there. Because um, so. it's, it's, it sounds like that's where they are hosting. Yes, they're, they're yes. If I remember correctly, that's what yeah. that's what Steve said before. Is like now they're like. Home base for good yeah. is the Chapel Theater. They don't have to keep finding home every, which is, home every time that they decide to put on one of the shows. Which is a super cute theater because most old churches are great for that because they have the natural acoustics. They do. Yeah. Yeah, the sound is great. The band is really fun. That made me feel old. <laughs> the, the I, I have been watching Stagework Inc.'s production since... The first flash uh, at mm -hmm. the Funhouse Lounge for my birthday well over a decade ago. A lot of these are the same kids that were from just the School of Rock and were like 15. Mm -hmm. And now they're like ordering drinks during intermission. I'm like, I, this is, this oh, is, ow. yeah, I, I can't. This, oh, is, this is, yeah, how dare, you know. The first time I saw Flash, uh, 
brought kids. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, there, there are some talented kids. Um, and also, pretty much everyone on that stage, like, fucking have some height, man. <laughs> um, the werewolves, uh, two of, out of the four of them had uh, led songs at mm -hmm. least once. And both of them, holy shit, they are, they just like, really know how to project. And while one of the times having to do, like, costume changes on stage, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which you think, it's not that, like, they pull up some fishnets, they change a shirt, it doesn't seem very elaborate, but they're doing full choreography while they do that and sing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and then that's a lot. Of other shit going and there's other shit going on, too. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. The business. Yeah. That's right. Doing well, the business. I am. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I didn't go with you for obvious reasons, but I'm. I'm looking forward to trying. I think I will try and catch it next week. Yeah. I. I oh, sorry. Mm. I definitely recommend it. I think we both do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, should we move on to like some comic stuff? Yeah. Actually, this is a good time to take a break. Oh, yes. good idea. Oh, no, we take real breaks now, don't we? Yeah. This is a really good time to take a break and talk about our sponsors. First up, we have Guardian Games. They are Portland's greatest game store, and they have been a supporter of us for well over a decade. Almost two decades. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. Um, but you know what? That's neither here nor there. Check them out, 345 Southeast Taylor Street. They do more than just sell games, you know, like they support the gaming community. They support game creators and testers. And uh, this month, even though March is almost over, um, for, uh, oh my god, my brain's going blank, oh my, <laughs> um, for Women's History Month, when you first walk in, you will, not when you first walk in, I actually think it's towards the back where they normally put new product, like the new product table, uh, they are celebrating Women's History Month with a series of board games that have been designed and or created uh, by women, some fantastic board games like Wingspan, which is kind of like becoming like the you know, like the Gen Z Catan, um, you know, look, if you get that reference, you get it. Um, so yeah, that's just some of the things that Guardian Games does. They don't just sell games and then like take your money and tell you to go home, nerd. They, you know, they really believe in supporting uh, the community. Doesn't matter who you are, there will be a game for you. Well, it might matter if you're a hateful person, like, you know, go shop somewhere else. Um, or don't be hateful, be better. That's even better. Be better, and Guardian Games can help you be better. So please check them out. 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And when you pick something up there, please thank them for being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Or, or even if you don't, um, you know, hey, thank them for sponsoring the show. It, it really does go a long way uh, in our ongoing relationship. Guardian Games, 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. And before we get back to the show, a big shout out to Rev Nat of uh, Reverend Nat's Hard Cider. So we teased it, um, but he has a tap house now, you know, so it is ready to go. So yeah, check out their tap house, 2425 Southeast, Southeast Place in Portland. It's basically like 35th and Division. Um, so yeah, check it out there. Uh, it's, he's right behind, oh my gosh. Um, yeah, right behind, uh, Cibo, the, the restaurant Cibo, C-I-B-O on Southeast Division. So roughly 35th Southeast Division, you will find the tap house. 
Uh, minors are allowed in like the general area. They are not allowed uh, at the bar area. But yeah, you can bring your kid if you want to hang out and enjoy some ciders or some great food pods, pods there and all that stuff. That's all happening in Revernet. And also for trans visibility, now through March 31st, you can purchase cider for basically for the trans community, like give them something to chill about, you know, have some fun. If you go to shop.revnats.com, you will see a chance to just be like, purchase cider uh, for the trans community. Um, and then after, I think after Friday, whatever is, you know, whatever is there, if you identify as a trans person, like Nat will hook you up with some cider provided by your allies. Uh, he's being super transparent about it. Even on that page, it goes right to a Google Doc where you will see exactly what money is coming in, where it's going, and I think any leftover monthly will be going to the Trevor Project, but I could be wrong. Anyway, um, this is a long commercial break, but what I want to say is that like Light Guardian Games, Revnet is not just there to make money off you drinking their cider. Um, they are a member of the community, and they want to help the community be strong and, and viable and peaceful and happy and fun. And uh, this is just one of the many ways they do it. So check it out, shop.revnat.com. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. Hi, the ho, we're back. And we're back. That's a 15-year-old reference. Not Although I bet that character still shows up on South Park. For sure. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it definitely. When I was 13. Yeah, that was definitely older than 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, 25 years. Oh, God. They got, like, a billion-dollar deal, like, two years ago from whoever owns Comedy Central, Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why they had to shove the Batgirl movie to pay for Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, yeah, comic stuff. So like we say, we're not doing like regular, like, hey, this came out this week. Basically, every month we're going to kind of pick one or two books that we really enjoyed, whether they came out that month or they didn't. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. A lot of my comics just go in a short box. Um, and then I read several issues at a time. I mm-hmm. still practice that. If it's an indie book that I like, I'm buying the floppies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm buying single issues. Thanks. To tell people, <laughs> and then I will buy the trade. Right. Um, it, it's the only it's the only way you tell publishing companies what should be published. Mm-hmm. I don't bother with like I will trade weight for things that are you know, Batman, Superman. Right. Stuff that's always gonna make always money. Always gonna be right. Yeah. <clears throat> but things like single issues. Because that tells the publisher, oh, look, right. you should keep doing this. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. The one I'm going to grab, I, it actually came out a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But it sold out at the distributor, I think, within the first week and a half. Shit. Uh, and that is Forged Issue 1. Uh, that is from Rucka and Eric Troutman. Uh, art is by Mike Hender- Henderson. And inks and our colors are by uh, Woodward, I believe. I think just picked that up. It's, uh, I mean, everyone's like, oh, you're friends with all of them. You have a bias. Well, I mean, I do. But if I didn't think it was any good, I, I just wouldn't talk about it. Right. That's just, you know. Well, and also, like, we all know, people who know you know that you've been a fan of their work. 
that, before you knew them on a personal basis. That's true. Even if I didn't already know them personally, I would have bought this because also um, the way it's basically pitched is a it's oversized comic. It's like the size of a heavy metal magazine, mm -hmm. like in its dimensions, and that's kind of what it's an homage to. It's an homage to the comics that when you read it as a kid, you had to keep your mom away from seeing it because she would tear it up and throw it away because it's trash. Uh, yeah, it's and it's kind of it's um to to kind of borrow a phrase from a game. It is the grim dark future where there is only war and there is only the blood god uh so it pulls a lot from warhammer except now it is the eternal empress um and her forged um yeah uh, reign of the empress eternal in the year 13,000 imperial calendar it's just so wonderfully over the top okay um but you know you can kind of sense everyone's influence on it so, like, if you know some of the work that Troutman's done in the past with, like, DC or in role-playing games, you know that it's, like, big mechs and aliens and ships and explosions. Like, that's his jam. But then it's definitely very much, like, a Rucka book. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his, his, his politics are not hidden in this, although it's so hyper-violent and crazy, you'd be hard to see them. But they're there. Mm -hmm. And it's like like super fucking queer too like it's just that it just is what it is um i, I am shocked by yes yeah, but uh mike is like the perfect artist for it he draws these really great dynamic clean lines mm -hmm. uh which i think i talked about one of his first books years ago nail biter he was the artist and co-creator of nail biter oh, for image yeah uh he did some of the old man logan stuff for marvel a couple of years ago so yeah, the lines are real crisp, super vibrant colors, and that massive oversized format, it just feels, it's a fun read. You'll, there'll be a lot of times you turn the pages, you go like, oh shit. But it really is that book that makes you feel like if you read, air quotes, dangerous comics as like an early teen, it brings you back to that. There are moments where you're like, this is kind of naughty. Like, I probably shouldn't be allowed to read this. Um, but it's also, like, 100% like respectful and tasteful, but it's still kind of naughty. And it involves, like, kick-ass women in, like, amazing fucking mech suits. Um, the way... That seems really odd for like, a book. What, the mech suits? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> oh, kick-ass women. Yes, no, he would... Um... Yeah, he. So the 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 women in the mech suits here being, mm -hmm. when I was reading the Expanse, that is what I imagined the Martian Marine suits to look like, not what we got in the show, which was fine, but the way they're described in the books is how I see them in Forged. Um, they're they're like one they're like one robot platoons on their own. You know, like they can't be taken down other than like orbital platforms shooting at them and shit. They're just walking dead. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if this is intentional or not. It probably was knowing the people who made this book. But all of the, the helmets of the forged characters, mm -hmm. if any of you remember uh, the Disney 1978 classic, The Black Hole. Mm hmm. Their helmets look like the head of the robot Maximilian. Mm -hmm. 
which is wonderful. Yeah, they do. Right? Yeah. Look at them. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, still one of the greatest, like, imprinted scares of my life is from the black hole. Maximilian was terrifying. He's terrifying. And when he fucking rips apart uh, Norman Bates, like, you don't see it. All you see is that actor shaking because remember he holds up a bunch of books to stop the, the blades mm -hmm. and all you see is paper flying in the air and him just screaming in pain because mm -hmm. you know that he's just, oh man so good yep um I followed very closely as a terrifying image of the first time they were take a face mask off of the synthoids oh my god yeah they're like yeah. And you discover, oh, no, they're just emaciated humans. Right. Whose souls have been sucked out. Yeah. Like, oh. Hamasanda Farrakhan, is that amazing fucking mech suits or amazing fucking mech suits? Uh, both. Uh, was Maximilian a functional robot? Yes, he was a functional robot. Until they go through the black hole and it becomes Dante's Inferno. And the captain of the Cygnus uh, played by, is that Topol? No. No, Maximilian Shell. Maximilian Shell, thank you. Which is why the robot was named Maximilian. That's right. Uh, well, anyway, Maximilian Shell get, then gets trapped inside Maximilian mm -hmm. when Disney's desire to make their own Star Wars turned into fucking Dante's Inferno in space. <laughs> anyway, that has nothing to do with the Forge other than the helmets remind me of that. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's uh, I, If I had more time, I would go into more detail, like break things down panel by panel. But the same way I talked about this when it first came out, if you kind of if you miss reading books that were a little dangerous when you were younger, that you probably weren't a you probably shouldn't have bought, but like the cigar chomping dude at the comic book store really didn't care what you bought. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's the parents' job. I don't give a fuck. Like that's this book, um, which makes me want to give it to a thirteen-year-old so bad. <laughs> like my niece is a little too young for it. Right. If she were a couple years older, I'd be like, don't tell your mom. I this this is badass um so it's that kind of book send it to your young teen children and right. friends <laughs> um, kevin this is for you get out <laughs> god damn it <laughs> so yeah that's mine uh it was forged so it is sold out but first it, issue is sold. first issue sold out but it went to a second printing almost immediately so the second printing of issue one is going to drop i do believe the same day as issue two. And issue two is scheduled to come out in April. Yep. Issue three is scheduled to come out in May. Yeah. All this information is available at uh, Image Comics. Yeah. So you can just go to their website. And, and it's available. it's a big book. So it it's already oversized, and then yep. it's 48 pages. Like, it's it's $5.99, but you are getting your fucking money's worth. It was, it was I think that was my one complaint, uh, was like, God damn it, Greg, can't you just do a normal-sized book? Like everybody else. And no, no, no he can't. He's no. got to do something. Well, he's always a little extra. And doing them. He's fantastic. Yeah. Doing them as bigger sizes, though, with like getting them all kind of done ahead of time, mm -hmm. ends up being actually easier on the artist. I think that's why, like, um, the I, new Lazarus is like quarterly. Sure. The, it's not the. the oh, the physical the size? It's the physical size of the book. It's like, well, this doesn't fit in any of the boxes that I, I know. Have. You know what? That's the industry's fault. Yeah, it is. It is. Because comics used to be that big. 
That, I think that's also golden age size, right? We're pretty close. No. Is it still bigger? It's still bigger. Oh. It, it's a weird size. Well, I mean, it's fun. if you go to Europe, comics are that size. That's true. Yeah. Uh, and, they're, how much and they're usually like three issues. So like Batman's quarterly over there, unless you specifically buy the U.S. version. Mm. If you buy the translated ones, they're quarterly because it's three issues and they're like magazine size. And they're, they're fucking gorgeous, too. Anyway, that is mine. Forged issue one. Cool. The Eternal Empress Commands. Um, mine is uh, DC versus Vampires. Unless you wanted to go, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, DC versus Vampires was a 12 issue miniseries with uh, two uh, one shots uh, one called Hunters, one called Killers. Uh, Hunters focused on Damian Wayne, Killers focused on Harley Quinn. And then there's a side miniseries called um, DC versus Vampires All Out War. That's six issues. I don't know if it, I think it's done or it's scheduled to be six issues. I feel like it's the publishing is off. Um, yeah, right. Like, I first heard of this probably about six months before it was scheduled to come out, and I thought, that sounds fucking ridiculous. I know. Because it's the entire DC it, universe versus the vampires of the DC universe. Yeah. And it's goofy as fuck. Um, this was written by James the IV and Matthew Rosenberg. Um, with art by Otto Schmidt. I'm familiar with Otto Schmidt for a lot of pinup art that he was doing oh, right. pre-pandemic, which was a lot, a lot of fun. And I think this is his first major comic publication. Um, I don't, I don't honestly don't don't quote on that. Um, I had mixed feelings about this. Like it started out really fun and really goofy. Um, and, uh, like, it, it takes, apparently it takes place on Earth-63, so it is technically an Elseworld book. Right. It doesn't affect continuity. Um, it pulls from the old vamp, uh, the old comic I Vampire and the vampire lore of the DC Universe. Right. Updates it to basically say that the old lot, or the old treaties are null and void. There's a new vampire person in charge. They don't indicate whether it's a lord or lady. It used to be this lady vampire and she kept the peace and she got killed. So this new person has been quietly making vampires out of supervillains, sending them after other supervillains, then like slowly bringing in some superheroes and making them uh, villains. You find out in the first, you find out all of this out in the first issue because the character I Vampire discovers this plot and at great, great risk to himself ventures to the Hall of Justice to try and contact any of the Justice League to let them know what's going on. And he's met by um, none other than Green Lantern. Hal Jordan Green Lantern mm -hmm. and um, Zan of the Wonder Twins, which would be your. But it's not DC Prime or whatever, right? Because it has Zan and Jaina, the yeah. Wonder Twins. <laughs> um, and so the whole setup is he's like, I've just like I've just come from the the Hall of Doom in the swamp, 
the entire Legion of Doom is dead. Uh, Lex Luthor gave like gave me some information. I've come here to tell all of you. I've told no one else. We like the vampires are coming. We have to stop them. And uh, Zan's like, oh, this sounds horrible. We've got to do something. Um, Landry's like, this also sounds a little ridiculous. You know, this this isn't like we can't believe this guy. And then something happens where like actual information is proven and Zan is like, oh, oh, this is real. And Lantern's response is, God damn it, kid, I wish I hadn't seen that. And creates a giant blender. Oh, right. Traps I that. Zan in the giant blender and turns him into a smoothie. And then <laughs> form up and then traps I vampire on the table, and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you, you guys, like, it, it's too bad about the kid. He, like, he like he pipes open the, the blender. He's got a spigot on it, pours himself a Zan smoothie and starts drinking. He's like, oh, no, they got to me like two months ago, dude. I've been, I've been working slowly in the, just, it's like, and you have this moment of like, wait, you're a vampire. How can you do that? It's like, your green lantern. You're filtering out the UV rays from the sun mm -hmm. using a ray. Mm, so he's a vampire that is hiding in plain sight. Um, he is just the first of many hidden vampires, though. So you are left with this, oh no, this, like, well, this, this doesn't bode well. That means nobody knows, and this whole story is, like, over in issue one. Come to find out, he did stop one other place on his way to the Hall of Justice, where he left behind a vial of blood um, and a note, which has been being read the entire time in the in the boxes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, this is strange. Why is this? It kind of matches what's going on here, but clearly this is a note from somewhere else. He left it on the steps of stately Wayne Manor. <laughs> so the person who's reading the notes is. Batman brooding in the cave, <laughs> looking at the vile blood, going, "Fuck." Um, so yeah, that's how DC versus Vampire started. What I, it got real bleak real fast. <laughs> like for something that I thought was going to be a fun book, about issue four, it gets like that fun dark turns into, oh no, this is just dark. Oh no. Oh wait, I forgot I'm reading a book by the person who writes something is killing the children. None of this is going to end well. <laughs> um, the way the book ended, I'm still not entirely sure that the book is over. Because while it ends with the death of the, the vampire behind all of this, which I'm going to leave that anonymous in case folks want to read this, um, the status quo of the vampires were winning didn't change. Mm -hmm. So, like, victories were had, but it was still... No, the vampires are still in charge. This I don't... Where are you going with this? Why is this suddenly... <laughs> um, like, it, it took six, six issues to get to the big reveal of who it was, and then there was a time jump of about a year. And, and things have not really changed in, in that. In that time jump, um, a bunch of the, like, 
the league was pretty much turned or dead. So a year later, all remaining humans were on farms. Fulfilling which role? Food. Food. <laughs> Wasn't they, that the plan for the vampires in Blade also? Yeah. They, um, the vampires had basically created a sun shield. They fucked up. Uh, like, they nuked everything They so that nothing would grow anywhere. Um, so humans couldn't grow any food. Um, there was no sun getting to the earth. It was just darkness all the time. Like, it's like, well, this is a really well thought out plan. Like, I do give props to the plan itself. But man, it's bleak. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it. I do recommend it if you are a fan of horror um, at all and a fan of DC heroes. It is fun to have some of these characters grow in ways they don't normally. It, in this particular case, um, the death of Zan really does create Jaina Vampire Slayer. That's kind of cool. And she's a fucking badass. Um, the, like, this is one of the most interesting things about it is Jaina's evolution in this. When Zan died, she ended up with both of their powers. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So she could turn into liquid versions of animals. <laughs> um, which is one thing to turn into a stream of water and enter a host's body and then turn into a and then turn into a humpback whale and burst them open. Hey, that sounds familiar. That's exactly how that works. Yeah. Are you referencing the game? Yes. God damn it. As, as are you. Yeah. Okay. So oh. I run I run Curse of Strahd, right. and they were having an epic fight. What was meant to be an epic fight. They ended up doing much better about it. But there's a bunch of really evil, scary, animated scarecrows, as happens in Ravenloft. Mm -hmm. And Aaron Barnard Prime is a druid ranger who now has, you know, various shape-shifting abilities or whatever. And they're going through the swamp, and he wanted to lead them, and he basically said, I want to turn into, like, a, like a python. Because it was really easy to get slashed in the swamp, but if he's leading him as a snake, it's safer. He never tells me he reverts back by the time this fight breaks out. And these scarecrows are kind of hard to put down unless you've got to hit him with fire or whatnot. And he's like, what do I have to roll to get inside one? <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, I don't figure out maybe like an athletics or like a, a pose. Yeah, we can figure it out. He's like, all right, I'm going to get inside one. I said, what are you going to do? And he's like, revert back. He's <laughs> like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to get into him as a snake. And then I'm going to revert back to my human form from within. I'm like, ah. Okay. <laughs> and he, yeah, he just blew one up from within. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. That is, I love it so much. That is total acceptable revenge that he's getting on me because in his Pathfinder game, I was an alchemist who literally had an ability called, it was pretty high level, called Explode. That I would do something like a minimum of 80 points damage and at least half to myself, no matter what. And my favorite thing was just get swallowed. And they go, what do you do now? You're taking uh, like acid damage to the stomach. I go, explode. <laughs> He's like, okay. <laughs> that was that was prime okay, if ever I've heard it. Yeah, okay. 
okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, Jane the Vampire Slayer was definitely one of the highlights of that. Um, of, of course, Batman is the person who has to be the guy that is given the clues so that he can figure everything out. The, his counterpart in this, which is really neat, is, of course, Ollie. Mm-hmm. The Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Wooden stakes. Yeah, because he disappears also around the same time. He figured all this out. Like, he's never approached by I Vampire. He just starts noticing supervillains are going missing, and he's like, yeah, I don't like this. And the more he looks into it, it's like they're either dead or they're just missing. And he's like, nope, nope, this is not okay. Either I mean, one's bad, actually. Yeah, and then yeah. he's then he manages to figure out, oh, they're vampires. Vampires aren't real, but oh man, they're vampires. But if they are, like he approaches a, a group of supervillains, I think in issue one, and, and they're like, "What are you doing here?" Like, and like these four supervillains are like sitting in a park talking in the middle of the night about the fact that supervillains are missing, and he comes out. And he's like, "Well, what are you gonna do, Green?" Green Arrow take us all on. He's like, no, just you, so-and-so. Why is that? Flip! Hits him right in the chest, and he bursts, and he just poops. <laughs> They're like, what the happened? And he's a vampire. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> yeah. Like, how long? I don't know. I just knew he was a vampire. He was going to turn all three of you, or eat you. They're like, so- yeah, okay. I also love, like, sometimes in superhero words, with all of these fantastic, like, literal gods walking the streets. Mm-hmm. They're like, fucking vampires aren't real. <laughs> it's like in what we do with the shadows, they, it, like, they're like, there's no such thing as ghosts. You know, Guillermo's like, you, you, you're vampires. You, you've seen werewolves. Oh, they're yeah. witches. But, but ghosts yeah. aren't real. They're like, ghosts are made up. They're bullshit. <laughs> I mean, I've been saying for years, I'm like, real how come we're not like tripping all over them there just be so many because they're not corporeal not literally but like i think that there would be more examples of encountering ghosts or experiences that are ghost related or mm-hmm. there would just be more ghost stuff in general yeah. we're we're gonna go right down this rabbit hole yeah no we need to be a ghost hunting show we need to have ghost hunting episodes. Well, I, first, someone has to give us access to their I know. allegedly haunted oh, We got house. so close. I am so, so bummed. Oh, that co-worker, though, I completely yeah. forgot. Are they not here anymore? No, they're still here. Oh. They don't own their house. Uh, it's, uh, owned, uh, it's owned by their parents. And they're like, like, she checked. She's like, hey, we want to do this. And they're like, here's the thing. They're like, I, I guess her mom was like, I'm like, I get what you're doing, and it's not that I distrust them. I'm uncomfortable with anyone coming to the house, disturbing the ghosts, and getting them angry. I suppose that's reasonable. Okay. Because so far, it only shows up certain times, and it's kind of when it's pissed. Yeah. So. It, it would be a perfect place to do. I know. But it, it, yeah. I will inevitably get emails from people telling me, like, how fucked up their house is. And they'd love to know one day. And I'm like, great. I would, We're not going to do anything. I'd just love to bring, like, tape recorders and, like, EMF and stuff like that. I'm like, no. Yeah, we're not ghost bros. We're not going yeah. to antagonize anyone. Nope. 
Not everything's a demon. Ghost bros are for bachelor nights only. Yep. In my bathtub with fried chicken, which I haven't done in so long, which is probably for the best. What kind of uh, outfit would we wear ghost hunting? And then, and then he answers no. all questions, and I don't understand. Like, why? Why, why is that the answer, Kevin? Try not to figure out what goes on in the brain of <laughs> homicidal fire cow. Um, pants? I would wear pants. I'm like, well, what am I wearing now? Yeah, this, this. I mean, that's this. the exact thing, but I really only have like one look, you guys. One look. One look. One look. Don't ask me to turn that. <laughs> um. Okay, is it my turn? Yeah. yeah it is. Uh, so I read, and this is not going to be as exciting to share because we've already kind of talked about it a couple of times before, but I was like, I, I, it's on my list. And I was recently reminded of how good, uh, speaking of James Simeon IV, uh, how good is Something is Killing the Children? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, James Simeon, and uh, then the artist is Werther Belladera. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce that. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm the last horse to cross this finish line, but uh, I'll still give you the synopsis. It's a small town called Archer's Peak, a bunch of children have gone missing. There's a little bit of that sort of like teen drama thing where like there's the one survivor and everyone's after that kid, like he did it just because he's the only one who didn't get, you know, brutally dismembered. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and people all over town are, you know, torn up about all these missing children. And then this young woman comes to town, and she clearly has a lot of experience with this situation, which makes her very suspect to the authorities who aren't doing their job very effectively, and, you know, like any any port in a storm. Um, But so the volume one covers sort of establishing the setting, introducing these characters, including uh, young James, who is that one surviving kid from one of the attacks, uh, all of his his friends were killed except for him. He meets uh, this woman whose name is Erica Slaughter. Such a good uh, name. May or may not be her real name. Uh, it is a real name, though. It is not her real name. Spoilers. That's all right. I don't think it really does anything. But that's the um, yeah. that was one of the themes in the book. They're like, this can't be your real name. Erica Slaughter's a real name. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. sure, but it can't be your real name. Um, anyway, James. And Erica sort of team up, kind of begrudgingly on Erica's part, to find the thing that is killing the children and put an end to it. Uh, but then it takes a little bit of a um, Stephen King-esque turn of events uh, when other individuals in the town, again, are really suspicious of this Erica person, as well as probably James, and get involved when they really shouldn't be there. and. Uh, and then things take a terrible turn. So, yes. So what's interesting <laughs> about this is when we first reviewed this and the first issue. Yeah, this was supposed to be six issues. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It's an ongoing. I'm like, I know uh-huh. there are at least. So it is ongoing now. Oh, it's been ongoing. Oh, okay. Since. Yeah, I, I think they made it two months in and made it an ongoing. Nice. Um, and I think that that's wonderful because. Like, just in those first five issues that you get in this volume one, they put in a lot of concepts 
that like obviously leads to a lot of really mm -hmm. what I, I suspect is going to be really interesting world building. I what I've I've been reading uh, something skilling with children uh, since it first came out. Um, you know, that, the smartest I don't know about that. Um, I just I, it got it it got its hooks into me that from that first issue and it was it was easy to write this off as oh it's an updated Buffy the vampire slayer so mm -hmm. it's final girl fights monsters great uh, we've seen this before there is something about the way that erica slaughter is written and how all of the other characters are written that made it immediately engaging like i just I wanted to know more about all of them. And that was what, to me, that's what made it different than any other of the horror books that were coming out or still coming out. Um, yeah. It, I mean, I, I think this is a, a fan. It doesn't matter when you come to a theme. This is still a fantastic reading. Yeah. No, no, I don't feel like it's, you know, no longer timely or like I might have enjoyed it more however many years ago it came out. I remember enjoying it. Uh, when we first reviewed the first issue, um, it's just that I have that brain problem where, like, thoughts to actions do not connect. Um, so I'm really glad that you mentioned it at the end of the year roundup that we did because it put that bug back in my brain. And so now I am reading it. I've only read the first issue, but I'm definitely going to keep going because it's I'm gonna say perfect. You know, I haven't gotten far enough to say that, and that's, that's a really hefty thing to say, but the first issue is is basically perfect, yeah. right? It establishes the scene, it introduces you to the characters, and it gives you a really uh, a really good hook. You want to know what is going on and what is going to happen about it. Yeah. It, yeah. It does feel like it's a very engaging mystery. Yes. Uh, and and a beautiful horror. Uh, the the artwork is wonderful, the color scheme and just the, the art style uh word mm -hmm. art style I, is really for me i really really enjoy it and so yeah it just it makes it makes for a, a really gorgeous horror story and that's that's one of, that's right up my alley mm -hmm, for sure and I, go ahead sorry oh go ahead oh uh as i say it's probably good that we know that we you know potentially review or recap stuff that is maybe over a year old because what happens a lot is you hear about a new book you want to try it and then life happens and you forget uh, right. And then someone brings it up like, oh, yeah, I did want to read that or check that out. And, you know, it's a good reminder to go back to stuff like that. So. I recently discovered an app that will help me keep track of where I am in a series that I'm watching. And mm -hmm. it also is like, I think series is continuing. So like another season is coming in six months. Uh, or this one's been canceled. So you're officially done here. Uh, <laughs> I use that for comics. I'm, I'm sure they're out there. I know there's like, um, there's the one for your, um, for your archive. Like, mm -hmm. like oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sure. Catalog your uh, your library. We've done that, but I need one for like, okay, these are the books you want to be reading. This is the issue that you left off at. This is how many there are ahead of you. That's so, what uh, short box help is. me out. Nathan. <laughs> it's my short box. Help me and read more comics. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I need to go back and the last arc of that that I read um, dealt. Uh, with the origins, with Erica's origin story. I was pulling up tabs to have all my information, and I saw the latest art. 
and, and stuff about Eric, and I was like, oh, okay, spoilers. Um, but I am looking forward to, to you know, seeing that uh, that part of her character be fleshed out because she is a very. Um, yeah, you say that now. <laughs> I, I find her to be a pretty compelling. Oh no, character. she is a very compelling character. The the part of I'm I can't wait to find out more about that part of her life. Yeah, you can. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not great. Okay. All right. Um, we'll yeah. It, every everything that you've looked at and went, oh, I want more world building on this. This this is great. I can't wait for them to tag at this particular string and give us more. Every time they've done that, it's wonderful and it is well written and well illustrated. But man, like oh. Yeah, I should stop looking in the sun. <laughs> in in what way? What's what's hard about it, or what is? Um, when you start learning about what those what those things are that are being put on screen, the little uh, octopus totem mm -hmm. is not an octopus. It's not a totem. Right. Um, I mean, they 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 give you a little bit of that in the second issue what do they give you like they, they're like oh it's this weird thing um essentially like in in the second issue you see that she first you see that she talks to what appears to be a stuffed octopus mm -hmm. dolly like a little puppet kind of guy <laughs> um like a little voodoo doll style mm -hmm. uh stuffed toy um and then in another scene you get to see like over her shoulder and you see the the, the stuffed creature mm -hmm. and then you see uh, a sort of entity almost like a ghost like but there's a color to it so you know it's not a ghost it's more of some sort of like uh non-corporeal non somebody something mm -hmm. and so and and it's like vaguely humanoid but not not exactly and so like you're like okay well then that means this stuffed toy is actually some sort of a vessel or at some sort of communication device that's all i've gotten so far yeah uh but it's it's for uh, for lack of a better knowledge it is sentient yes um it it's the when you get to her origin you're like oh that's what it really is oh that's worse okay, okay. <laughs> um and just the emotions around the people that are part of her life and part of that origin story. Like, you don't get everything. You get everything from the day everything changed for Erica and forward to mm -hmm. who, yeah. why she is the person that she is now. Um, the, this book also spawned a, a spin-off series, oh. which is called The House of Slaughter. Um, which gotcha. doesn't really like yeah that's usually about two years into uh everything and something's killing the children all right because it definitely feels like she is on her own it is all her she's by herself doing this and and again when you find out things it's like oh well i now i wish she was actually on her own that would be better for her <laughs> I mean, yes and no. On the, it seems like she's on her own. Yeah. 
you have the title House of Slaughter, <laughs> and it, which doesn't actually focus on her, which is good. Um, yeah, I, I think that's what turned it into a continuing series for Boom, right? Image. No, uh, Boom. Boom, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I believe. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It, it is one of their best selling books. Like they, when they figured out, yeah. like, oh, oh, this it, is great. It, it blew up for them for yeah. sure. They, they're like, how about we just make this an ongoing? And clearly, Tinian went great because back <laughs> matter for all this. It's like, oh, good God. <laughs> like, here, here's the origin story. Here's this. Here's what this means. Here's what that is. Yeah. It, it's, it's a book. Um, soon to be a television series. I believe oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Good it was point. optioned by Netflix two years ago. Mm, okay. Um, so, that's that's yeah. all we know. Like, there has never, I think they have a showrunner. Um, I, I'm waiting with bated breath for the casting announcement of who Erica Slaughter is. Because I, that's, um, I don't have, like wish I don't have any wish casting in mind at all. Um, I do know that I will be able to look at it, and depending on who they cast, I'll, I'll be able to go, oh, perfect, or nope, this will be a miss. <laughs> and it, it really can be so hit or miss with these adaptations. Yeah. I'm still bummed about uh, Why the Last Man. I love, mm. that. I love that book so much, and um, the show... I, like, I really wanted the show to look at, and I wasn't disappointed, but clearly I was alone in that. I, I still think a lot of that happened because of uh, the pandemic. And also, like, they had... Yeah, but Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth also came out in 2020, and it did amazing. Did it? Getting a second season, which is more than they can so, say about Why the Last Man that didn't even get to finish the first season. I think Why the Last Man got hurt because you had a decade of buildup and money dumped into it. Yeah, I, I think they were fulfilling contracts because they're like, we're just bleeding money. I mean, I, maybe. I just, I'm like, okay, I, I get that there was literally a decade of turmoil behind the scenes before the show ever made it to the screen. I just don't understand how you can even make the effort of getting it on the screen if you're just gonna let it die on the vine anyway. Like, why did you waste Talking hot. The yeah. same reason why they shelved Batgirl just to get a tax break. Um, the same way, say what you want the movie, Star Trek the motion picture was 30... Is that for sure? Are you, is that back? Oh, apparently. Oh, shit. Well, we've got our casting. Cool. You want to share it, Cable? Yeah. Um, Melissa Benoist. That's cool. Yeah, good for her. I I do like her. This is going to be a challenge for her. It's going to be very different. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of anything else that she's done besides Supergirl. But that is a very different character yeah. than Eric Slaughter. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I it'll be it'll be interesting to see her as a very in a very very different role like that. More hmm. of a what's the what's it like a reluctant hero. Anti-hero? No, 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 that's right. Uh, Erica Slaughter is a hunter. She's okay. not a hero. She's not an anti-hero. 
last time that's what i'm asking oh yeah no not like last time okay yeah not like last time this you is my this is my <laughs> this is my brain actively working against me right now uh, but not in that way okay. yes not in the physical way it, but it, in that way where um brains and chemical imbalance lie right. to you yes the other thing that isn't helped me, and I just put the order in this morning, so I should have them hopefully within a week or so. It's an old man moment. So I have progressive lenses. Mm -hmm. So to read my screen, I have to do this now, and I hate it. You need computer lenses. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm getting. Anyway. So, like, if you guys see me over here and I'm looking at the screen typing, and I kind of go cross-eyed, it's because it's just blurred. It's like, oh. right. you're, you're, you're the mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also my brain's being an asshole. So, yay! All right. Well, but I liked your review. That was good. I'm, I didn't mean to derail that. It was very good. I'm sorry. I'm, kind of, we've, we've kind of come to the end of it. I think we're all strong comics. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, definitely. It definitely not. Well, I guess I, I guess mine is mainstream, but it's um, still offset of the mainstream. No, I mean, sure. Mine's mainstream enough. It's getting a show made. It, the comic itself is still not mainstream. Yeah. Right. I mean, Boom is not mainstream. That's true. It's not even like the big. Anyway. Not, not that any of that matters anymore. Yeah. It, it certainly doesn't matter to modern comic audiences. Right. They could care less about publisher. They could care. They don't care about any of that clout. They want good stories, right. which is reflected in what they're buying. And an unrelated news being Chris Pine's getting his own Magic the Gathering card. <laughs> As, As is all of them. Yes. Yeah, they all are. Yeah. Um, that that got there. It's a secret layer. Yeah, I, I, I want to pre-order it if I find the money somewhere. Just for the yeah. habit. Yeah, because it's a, a. It's all of them plus the Druid is a transforming card for Owlbear. Yeah, it flips and the Owlbear yeah. is on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> but Justice Smith, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant is going to be on a Magic card. That's hilarious. Actually. Michelle Rodriguez is going to be on a magic card. Yeah. Weird. That's kind of great. Weird. And also, that's how I figured out that the his character in this movie is a rogue. Oh, his? Yeah. Yeah, because he's the trailers make him look like some kind of magic user. Yeah. No, he's a rogue. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. But I like this Chris Pine's card is uh, Edgen, Larsonist, Lutonist. <laughs> I'm excited because... Lutonist. Yep. Uh, he's an is it? Write that down. He's a red blue. 
He is technically an is it, yeah. That fits so many of my decks. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking yep. forward to it. I'm legit looking forward to the movie, too. I do want to watch that. It's going to be fun. Let's do it together. Probably. Mm-hmm. All right. The, the review that... Yeah, uh, this is this week. Limited stuff, yeah. The best review I read is someone said it's it's Guardians of the Galaxy with a fantasy movie. Oh, and then, oh that's a that's yeah. good. Right? And then I reviews from like, you know, uh Matt Mercer and like some of the like the professional live play players and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, we're not paid to say any of this, but they're like, it's fucking fun. It feels like if someone turned one of your favorite sessions into a movie. They're like, it's it's got all the stuff in the game you want to see, but then they act like idiot PCs sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, great, I'm in. You know, so I'm pumped for it for sure. I mean, they really did head me Chris Pine as a father. Oh, yeah. Straight up, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, here's my money. And Michelle Rodriguez is a barbarian. I said, here's my money. <laughs> Who clearly has the feet tavern, tavern brawler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they actually got some folks from like who who do real play for like official Wizards games or whatever, like watch the trailer and they're like, Oh, that's that spell, that's that feat. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh my god, like that's it. They're doing all of these things. I, I did uh, they didn't nitpick all the stuff that breaks the rules. No. I, no. I, I saw I've already seen whole articles about like, here's all the shit that they fucked up in this movie. Well, you know what? Screw those joyless people. You know what? Just go play Cobalt or Pathfinder. You're mad at Wizards no matter what. Shut the fuck up, have a Coke and a smile, and shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. That's, that's great. Although I'm so happy, though, they did, like, the, the play tests of how they're going to revamp the Druid a little bit. They're going to they're gonna allow Owlbell transformation. Nice. I always allowed them, and it would drive other players who are DMs bonkers that I would allow. I'm like, what? That was one of the things on those lists. They're like, they're magical creatures. I'm like, maybe initially, but they've been around for millennia. Do mages just make new owl bears? No, owl bears fuck and make baby owl bears. So I got no problem with that. I, I don't give a shit. But yeah. know that even but if you're fighting a druid, they can do that shit to you. So yep, yeah. Uh, I I did hear that the, I believe the director of the movie had the cast play D and D. Apparently, a couple times. Yeah. Uh, apparently, like Chris Pine knew about it a little bit already because his nieces and nephews play, and they made him play. Yeah. yeah and all the, I mean, yeah, they're doing press and stuff, but they, all the actors were like, "It was really fun. It's we're all actors, and that's just yeah. improv with what? dice. Like we were like ready to go. Why would this not be fun? For that's yeah. Why performers are like the best D and D players. Yeah. Why do you think so many D and D players are fucking theater kids? Yeah. I don't wonder. I, I'm saying you should, I don't know. That, that you should see what happens if you sit on a game of fiasco and almost all the players are writers. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> oh my First god. off, that's a long game of fiasco. Yeah, that <laughs> would be. Uh, we should wrap up the show. Yes, we should. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Maybe with an interview. I'll reach out to somebody. With stuff and things. Yeah. Stuff and things, yeah. Right. Uh, hopefully I'll be in a better mood because I might be better medicated. Which will be You're all right yeah, but it's going to crash again. That's a, that, that's what's going to... With, with that attitude, I am Aaron fucking Happy Pants Duran. Yeah. I'm... Yeah, I got nothing to read I'm Cable Hushita. There you go. 
We'll talk to everybody next week. I can't even think of a funny, like, dorky curse word right now. Bye. Bobby Cox. Yeah.